0: Teachable, the podcast, is back with its second episode. This time, I speak to Robert Carter III, an American expat living in Abu Dhabi. He shares a wealth of financial knowledge backed by over 15 years of experience in banking and finance. When he moved to Abu Dhabi four years ago, he worked as a financial advisor. Since... He's opened up two of his own businesses here in the Middle East, where his focus is on financial empowerment and professional development. At this time of the year, there are numerous individuals leaving the Middle East for whatever reason, and they find themselves with financial difficulty or questions regarding steps they need to follow and processes needed to be completed. Robert shares with us his insight into leaving the Middle East in the most successful and positive way. I hope this conversation sheds some light on possible steps that you could follow and eliminates a level of stress that's certainly not needed in our lives. The Middle East offers expats a wonderful lifestyle with higher salaries, easy access to credit cards and loans, with no income tax, which frees up a bit of cash flow. This boosts the extravagant lifestyle I think that we've all dreamt of. However, we can't live here forever, that's just simply the reality. So the lifestyle has to come to an end at some point. What many expats find when they have to leave the UAE is that they're unable to give up this lifestyle which they've grown accustomed to. Robert, welcome to Teachable Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I guess without jumping right in, uh, how long have you been in the UAE? What brought you to the region?
1: I've been in UAE, Abu Dhabi, since August of 2015. Um, my, I'm here on a, my wife actually works with the school system here. She's a vice principal. Uh, interesting thing, we were living in the States. I um, wanted to try something new because, you know, just, going through the rat race she was she was actually uh, had quit her job working in the states Um, and i worked for the bank over 14 years um, in banking and finance and investments and we were just thinking about you know what let's try something new and she applied and got the job so quickly (laughs) Uh, and we just decided to come over here and give it a chance you know give our son a different experience yeah yeah
0: so you mentioned your son is he's at school going age Yes, he's uh, six, years old. Okay. six years old. Are there things you would wish you had known about the UAE before you decided to take the plunge to come in?
1: Uh, actually, I wish I hadn't have joined so many groups Oops. because so many things weren't correct. We got rid of a lot of our clothes before we came.
0: Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all scaled down a bit. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and you know they were saying, oh, you can't wear this, you can't wear that. Come to find out. Going around Dubai is like going around New York City. <laughs> you know, and you know, nothing risque, it was just, oh, we can't win so um, I wish we had a rent a car when we first got here instead of relying on cabs. and we went and looked at a couple of different places. Um, you know, we love where we stay now, but those are just two of the, the main things. Yeah, yeah.
0: What made you go into finance? Do you come from a family of finance?
1: Uh, Not really, well, my dad was an accountant for a number of different universities, Um, but really I was looking, uh, I went to North Carolina Central University, graduated business marketing degree. Um, I was looking to get into advertising, but my sister suggested that, oh, you know what, I see you as a banker. And I actually was like, you know what, let me go ahead and apply for the bank and I got a job with the bank three months later
0: yeah yeah so you you worked in banking and finance back in the states yes. when you came into abu dhabi did you go straight back into that
1: no when we came into abu dhabi uh really was a stay-at-home dad i was focusing on you know my son his education he was in a nursery but there was still some things that we had to do so that was really the main focus then about a year after the <coughs> year i always wanted to be a financial advisor and so i was like why not try it here? This is it's the best time best opportunity to do so and i was a financial advisor here for about a year and a half uh, i love the fact it was, that i did it it was the best job i ever had you know just being able to help people while getting paid for
0: it yeah <laughs> yeah i know how you feel my dad's a financial advisor and I, okay. I, look, I, make, I look at the impact that he's had on on so many people's lives and decisions that they've made and i've always <laughs> I've, I know you'll have a bit of a giggle at this because I've never really understand the concept of selling someone something you can't touch. Oh yeah. So, and giving people advice. Selling <laughs> um, a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. So I think that leads <laughs> really into what we're here to talk about today um, in the fact that I think a lot of people are, are leaving the UAE and in particular teachers, there's a mass exodus this year. What are some of the yes. things you think they need to watch out for or be careful of? Um,
1: there are three main things that I t- that that they have to pay attention. Uh, their financial accounts, um, our ETI credit bureau, and uh, their end of service, which is the main thing people ask about. Happening and, and let me just back up a little bit. Um, I've helped a number of my different former clients actually walk through the process personally. Um, and starting with it, it, it can be confusing, but Whether you're in the school system, education, whether you're a contractor, regardless, the process is pretty much the same. Start before they even give you everything that you need to sign out on. So with that said, the first thing you start with is your financial accounts. Credit cards and loans, that's the first thing to start out with.
0: Yeah, and I think many people have those because of the ease of access to get it. here. it's just ridiculous the amount of phone yes, calls that yes. we get to <laughs> open up a new loan or a new credit card. I you know, feel like Rockefeller.
1: Yes, with no credit check. Back in the states, you'd have to go through everything to get a credit card. Here, it's like, like you said, yeah. a phone call, yeah, <laughs> phone call, meet, signs of paperwork. Oh, hey, here's twenty thousand to fifty thousand dirhams
0: that you can spend. Yeah, and back in our more. home countries, that's <laughs> <laughs> astronomical amounts of money.
1: Yes, and. In this process, whether you're from the U.S., whether you're from South Africa, uh, the U.K., Australia, it's typically the same for everybody. Yeah. Um, but close those credit cards and loans out first. Um, one reason is because they will eat up your end of service. And if you're waiting on your end of service, those can take anywhere from thirty to forty-five days to clear your account before you actually get that paid out. To you yeah. yeah. and. It's, you know, it. some people can say it's tedious, but just start with those first. Um, and then second thing, you know, if you have any cars, if there's any loans on those, pay those off, get that paid off. If you're selling your car, it's uh, best to go ahead and sell your car as soon as possible. Just from my experience, if you're, say, leaving during summertime, the earlier you sell it, the better. Yeah. Don't wait until June, to pr- I can tell you, we just sold our car. <laughs> Each month you wait, it's best if you can sell in April or the beginning of May. That's a great thing. But each month that you wait, the value of your car is going down because there are so many people that are leaving. Yeah, the market's
0: almost saturated with second-hand vehicles. You don't really. It is. I mean, you can. You can. I. I mean, I have a car, uh, and but I'm not leaving. Um, And I just look at the amount of similar vehicles to mine, thinking, okay, I've got to leave in a couple of years. Look at the price I want to sell it at. And I'm looking at cars being sold exactly the same specs as mine for thirty or 40000 less yes, than what I yes. anticipate to get yes. should I choose to sell mine. Yes. Um, and yeah, that, like you said, that's just because I think the later we leave it into summer, the more cars become available.
1: And it does. And, and just to be clear, we're not leaving.
0: Yeah. We just wanted to sell a car. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah.
1: The guy before me, I knew a guy who was selling his car. He had an Audi. The market value was worth over 100. I want to say 110,000. I think he sold it for like 26,000.
0: <laughs> so yeah. it's like giving it away. Yeah. So yeah.
1: he was just ready. He was leaving though, going back to Germany. So he was just ready to go. So cars, close out your apartment. Most of us have flats. The good thing about living here
0: is our housing is paid for. That is one of the beautiful things about living here. Yeah. It's Especially fun. for teachers. I think the majority of teachers um, have their housing covered. Yeah. by their company or their employer. But I think there are also a number of people who don't have their housing covered, I mean. Yeah, there are some. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, like you say, getting your housing closed out as quickly as you can. And it is made slightly easier by the fact that I don't necessarily have to deal with the land. Right, yeah,
1: yeah. So get it closed out, fill that form wherever you stay with property manager or landlord, whatever they need filled out, get everything done, get everything looked at, clear all the boxes out. I know some places they won't even some property managers won't even review the property um, until every box is cleared out of there but once you do they'll take a look at it uh, i believe some places you don't have to paint if you've been there over three years i've heard that i can't confirm it yeah if you have a deposit hopefully you'll get that back i can tell you from experience they will normally find something wrong <laughs> even if it was something that you may have Checked off when, when you move in. It's yeah. like okay, no. You pay phone utilities. Whether you're with a lot or do, go ahead and close those out. I do suggest like doing a, going to a, a prepaid phone because one of the reasons why when you get your end of service, you'll get a text message. Yeah. So if you can switch from postpaid to prepaid. Just to keep it, just to keep it on until you get that message that, hey, your end of service just is paid, yeah. Uh Because that's the first notification you get. You don't have to, that's just my suggestion as an advisor. Any other utilities, the cool air, the chilled air, get all those closed out as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, I know a number of people that moved into hotels while they were waiting for their end of service to come. Uh, if you can afford to do that, that's a great thing. But just be mindful that... Once your end of service hits, your account's going to be closed until everything is cleared out. Yeah. So again, going back to any loans or credit cards, they take up to 45 days, an average of 45 days, to clear those off, Um, and one of the reasons they will say, well, you know, my Credit card had a zero balance. Oh, well, we're still going to hold it 30 45 days because if you went on a trip or you've been, didn't even spending, yeah. it might not be on there today, yeah. But it might, yeah, obviously, a week
0: those, those credit card cycles run in, yeah. So I think they're 45 to 52 day cycles, so. yes.
1: So that's just one of the good things to do. And then you know, they, they are collecting
0: interest, so just be mindful of that as well. I, <laughs> do, I just want to get in there, what about um. So obviously this is advice and suggestions based on people that are leaving the country what about those who might be staying in the country um and taking another job say the same or a private school the same situation if you are transferring from
1: a government school to a private school or vice versa uh be my you still have to go through the whole process yeah um because when they you, when they receive your end of service from your current employer they're going to freeze your account first. yeah of course and they're not going to open your wow. account back up until you've got your new visa and you've had one paycheck yeah. come in yeah so those two things have to
0: happen yeah and that can that can take upwards of three to four months
1: I've had some clients one in particular it took it took five months for them to bring her new visa yeah and she has kids yeah so her account was frozen until
0: that time and that puts a lot of stress on on individuals and especially those that have families I mean to be besides I mean you still have an income but that income it might not necessarily I know of some people who are choosing to move from government to private who've sort of opened up a second bank account that's a smart idea so they can transfer money into that account in case something might happen so say for example You plan for your visa to arrive, let's say in October, if you're transferring to a new school, but it doesn't. At least you still have some money to tie you over uh, with whatever your expenses are.
1: Yeah, very similar to when you first get here, you have to have money until you get paid. Yeah. I recommend keeping a stash of cash (laughs) that is available to you that you need just in case because things happen. Sometimes you might get your visa in a month, in 30 days. You might not get it for three or four months. Yeah. Yeah. So, that is a, that's a very good idea to open
0: up a new bank account. Yeah. What about, I've been seeing um, on Facebook quite often there, a number of people who might still have huge outstanding loans or credit card payments, who might be choosing to stay in the country but moving between jobs. Like what happens to those folks? Like how, do they pay, how do they make sure that they can continue to meet their payments, well, even though their accounts are frozen? Well, they need to contact the bank. The best thing to do is to contact them
1: beforehand. Yeah. To say, hey, here's the situation that's going on. The banks actually
0: are willing to make payment plans. Yeah, I of course. Have, because they want the interest. They want the interest. Yeah. So
1: I have, I have one or two clients that were moved to California and somewhere else. And they were no longer here. And they were paying on a payment plan. They were actually taking the money out from an account back home. So they're willing to work with you. But just be mindful. Once you let them know, take you know, it might be a good idea to take a little bit of money out before you do. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> because
1: once you let them know,
0: they no. might decide to yeah. freeze it right there. They yeah, of course. Not. Because yeah, because at at that point you almost a flat risk. Right. Yeah. So you could be hitting out of here with hundreds of thousands of dirhams of debt. Right. right. So um,
1: just so just be mindful. But they are willing to make payment plans as long as you're on a payment plan, you're fine. It's when you're not on a payment plan. When the collectors start calling, yeah, um, that and I can't remember the time frame before they actually do send it to the
0: police, but uh, you know they, the banks are willing to work with them. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a it's a worry for a lot of people. I think because, it is. It is because
1: um, some people can have massive loan debts. Yeah, and yeah. you know it's. And that's one of the things for new people coming in. I, I, as an advisor, I used to say, hey, if you do not have a, a, a laid out plan for the loan, do not get the loan. There's no need. There's no need. Yeah. You're, you're over here, the majority of a lot of the countries, you're over here tax-free. I think um, South Africa, I think. Well, we tax-free
0: it's a bit of a bone of contention at the moment because we have been tax-free up until now If you met, I don't know what the logistical terms or the name of it is But if we are out of the country for say 180 days of the year and not within South Africa for more than 60 consecutive days Then we tax-free But from the 1st of March 2020 that's going to change so we'll be tax-free on the first million Rand that we earn Mm -hmm. Um, but then we'll be taxed 45% over okay so anything you earn over a million you'll be taxed at 45% okay because I think that might have changed around 2016 2017 yeah Yeah, so So that's coming into the effect into effect on the 1st of March 2020 and it's got certainly the South African community in the UAE it's got them talking a lot because a million Rand is round about 18,000 dirhams and that million Rand has to include additional benefits like housing, visa, medical. So, so many, many, many people are hitting that million rand. Yeah. Um, I think uh, a lot of South Africans will have big decisions to make come March 2020.
1: Americans, just a thought, that's something I hit later. Well, I'll talk about that later for America. There is one thing though, you do have four people who have received a termination no- notice. Yeah. There is a such thing as credit layoff insurance on their loan. They tend to pay a certain percentage on it every month and not realize that they are.
0: Yeah. So... Is that what, is that, uh, what I think a lot of people see on their credit card statements as credit shield or something I like don't that? know what they call it. Some companies call it different things. Okay. But
1: most people tend to have it. They don't know they have it. Yeah. So I would recommend looking at your contracts um, or contacting your bank and asking about the details on it. They do have... Insurance if you are laid off or terminated, where that kicks in. Um, Now there are some stipulations of you have to be looking for a job in a certain time frame and a number of different stipulations depending on the the company, depending on the bank. But that is something that people do need to research uh, on their accounts.
0: I think um, also on that point, I know um, there are a number of teachers who might have reached the retirement age. I Mm -hmm. think. uh, it's, it's 60-ish. So, Yeah, 60-ish. Ish. I think um, for those people that are listening, I think it's worth finding out, but I'm not sure whether the retirement and termination sort of comes into the same level. I don't know if the, the banks might protect those people who have been terminated Ter- based on resignation. Yeah. Um, I, do, I do remember reading, I don't necessarily bank with this bank, um, but I do remember reading the terms and conditions saying that they would pay upwards of 10% on the remaining balance if you were terminated, but not more than 4,000 dirhams. So like you said, I think people need to contact their banks personally well, and find out exactly what the stipulations are. Because some pay more. Yeah. Some pay a lot more. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so they just need to
1: check on that. And yeah. then I know some people, I know there's a fear for those who are reaching that 60-ish age. I do know some people over here who are over 60 years old yeah. that are still working, that continue to work. I do know some that were laid off because of it, but just because they reached that age does not mean it's not an automatic, hey,
0: okay. Word. Your time's up, off you go. Yeah, yeah. so it's just FYI.
1: For other people, for people who are leaving, I also recommend that there's something called ITI Credit Bureau. There's actually a credit report that a lot of people don't know is here in the UAE. That exists. Um, if you there's an app for it, I can't remember the actual address, but it's here in Abu Dhabi. But if you go to www.aecb.gov.ae, you can pull up your credit report. I want to say it's 100 dirhams. It is worth getting because I can tell you personally, switching from one bank to another, we had we had a truck was paid off. The old bank still had our truck on there. Actually, until recently.
0: <laughs> yeah, that might be something I should look at because really, very early on into my stay in the UAE, I decided to change banks. Um, because of a, a discrepancy, I bought a vehicle and uh, the quoted interest rates on the vehicle loan was not what they were charging me. That so yes, so, yes, yeah, so yes, I got yeah. out of that <laughs> bank as soon as I could. So I went to another bank, they bought out my vehicle finance mm-hmm. um, and gave me the interest rate that was more appropriate. So that might be something I could check out, so I think, it, yeah, I've never heard of that. Definitely check that, that out, yeah.
1: because we, our bank was, our truck was paid off in 2017, no, sorry, 2016, and it was still on there
0: last week. <laughs> as as a, as a liability, as something as that liability. you should have been paying, but you haven't been. Right. Wow.
1: And it was wow. completely, fully paid off. And it's it is one of those things where they should have took it off, because we actually... You know, switching banks, you have to get a clearance letter yeah, saying everything is clear. Yeah. So on the clearance letter, it was paid off cloths. Still on there. Wow. So I recommend everyone, please, go download the app. If you need to call them, it's 600-566-662. Um, again, it's only 100 dirhams for the report. You can do a dispute on there as well. It took us maybe 30 minutes while we visited. I want to say it took them about seven to 10 days to get that taken care of, some other debt, some other things off the report that weren't, they were paid off. But it, it's, please, go do that. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 I mean, that 100 dirhams is, is nothing <laughs> compared to finding out when you want to leave that you have a vehicle that you've paid off but the bank has it that you haven't paid it off. Right, so, yeah. and
1: it took, we went to our bank uh, last week. It was supposed to be three days. She said it was three days to get that taken off, it took them five, yeah. but if you're, if you're, uh, consider this, if you've already bought your flight, you're ready to go, you're ready to leave, and you find out that this is on your report and you can't leave yet, because you have to be here to get it taken care of, and you can't leave yet, then now you have to change your flight and a number
0: of other things can be impacted, so yeah. just yeah. just do yourself a favor. Those are definitely um, not added expenses you want when you're finishing off your right, contract. Right. <laughs> Especially if your bank, uh, if your accounts are frozen, and right. You got no access to your credit card that you once had. Right. So, and the
1: last thing that I tend to talk about, which is what most people ask about, is end of service. <laughs> yeah.
0: That that wonderful end of service that we've all been looking forward to, I think, since starting our contract.
1: Yes. <laughs> and there are a lot of myths and hearsay. The reality is, as long as. You pay, as long as you make sure, when you do a resignation, make sure you have the proper date on your resignation yeah. paperwork. Yeah. Uh, I know for a lot of uh, ADAC people, uh, I want to say it's August 24th, that's I correct. believe. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that's the date. You know, there's a lot of people who say, oh, well, my friend, they ended up having to stay here until September or this and that. And, you know, I'm sitting there while somebody's having a conversation of, oh, they haven't sent my into service. I'm still here waiting for. It. Once they leave the crowd, because as a confidential financial advisor, they told me, well, I had the wrong date. So having the wrong date, I had to refile all my paperwork. Yeah. And you know, if you have to refile all your paperwork, then that's going to add anywhere from two weeks to 30 days minimum time frame two you leave. So just and make sure that's on. There.
0: And also, it's it, if you're having to resubmit resubmit that resignation paperwork, you're having to rely on other people. To approve and pass that through the system system. so yeah it's it's vital that when you do submit your resignation that you've got all those details 100% correct it's just gonna save you time effort and money at the end of the day it it does and um, we don't want we definitely don't want to give away any of that money from the end of service no
1: (laughs) so make sure your end of service paperwork is correct make sure you've closed out all your accounts typically once that is done I've known people who got theirs in a week and a half the normal time frame is about three weeks. Yeah, I've known, again, some people get theirs within 10 days, just because they dotted all, all the I's, crossed all the T's, yeah. everything was done.
0: There's almost no rhyme or reason as to who will be paid their, their no, service no, first. No. And it's definitely not a case of, oh, but I resigned at six o'clock on the first day of the window. That's he the, resigned yeah. <laughs> on the 12th hour of the last day of the window. He might receive his money earlier, or she might receive his money, their money earlier. It's um, there's no rhyme or reason. No, as long as you get that paperwork disorder. in, just get the paperwork. If you in. get the paperwork in, you follow the systems um, and patience. I think uh, that's where a lot of people mess up. I know friends in the past have resigned and become impatient and sort of put too much pressure on them, and the um, file might go to the bottom. Correct. of Correct. <laughs> yeah, because I mean that's that's a reality. But it's also don't rush something that's going to take its time. It's going to run through the system. It will be done at the end of the day. Um, yes. 'Cause it's law. It's it is law. It is
1: the law. Yeah. So and then once they receive that, again time frame, a week and a half to three weeks, once they receive that, I would look at before transferring your money home, look at exchange rates for your home country. Yeah. Now for Americans, it doesn't matter because it's fixed. The Durham and the dollar are pegged to each other. It's not gonna change. You're good to go. It's not really an issue. Most banks you can transfer money home to the US without any fees, at least one time. For other countries, I have had some clients that, you know, when Brexit was happening, they looked at exchange rate and they sent it one way and actually made a little bit more money. I know some other clients they didn't and they lost a little bit of money. It wasn't a
0: lot, Yeah. But they still lost. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, UK, South Africa, Australia, uh, look at the exchange rates for your home country before you send your money home. Yeah. Be smart about it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> and look at some of there are a lot of uh, companies over here that make money off of exchange rates and helping you with that. They can tell you the timing, try to help you. I won't listen, to them, but yeah, no, of course. You know, do 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 your research on those. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is the foreign earned income exclusion. Um, you talked about it in South Africa. I can tell you, from the U.S., um, it goes up every year. For 2019, I want to say 105,300 dollars. Um, where as long as you earn less than that, that is excluded from taxes, you, okay. s- you still have to file tax. People think you don't have to file, ta- from the US think, oh, I'm overseas, I don't have to file tax. That is a lie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, and for the South African people listening, that's also a lie. It's, it's imperative that you file a zero tax return. Yes. We, can, we can file a zero tax return up until the 1st of March 2020, after that's a different issue.
1: Yes, um, so you still have to file. As long as you're under the foreign income exclusion, it is not a taxable event. One of the things that you do have to look out for is a fiscal presence test, similar to your 180 days, um, where you can't be in the US for 35 days during the calendar year. Now, well, for 35 days. Now, you actually get to choose a 12 month period. So I I always recommend speak to a tax advisor, a qualified CPA, not talking about your aunt, mary who does everybody's taxes no i'm talking about a qualified (laughs) cpa that understands because you have you can't be in the u.s more than 35 days whether it's consecutive or it's mixed up here here they aggregate those days together in a 12 month period for that foreign tax exclusion so just speak to a cpa to see what they're going to say about that and then I (laughs) a big question i get is well one of the myths is, well, I'm putting $10,000 in my U.S. bank account, so I'm going to get in trouble. That is not true. It is true that putting $10,000 in a U.S. bank account, you do raise some red flags. The IRS says, okay, hey, what's going on here? Um, just because of anti-money laundering issues. Uh, but what you have to do is when you're filing your tax, there's a form called an FBAR, F-B-A-R, I want to say the form number is 8938, file that form along with your taxes, it's not, it doesn't make anything taxable, all it says is, hey, I just sent $30,000 home, this is where it comes from. Yeah. And I know some accountants say, some people will argue me down saying, oh, you don't have to do that form to you file your taxes. When I was working uh, with the bank in investments for 14 years, I used to read prospectuses, and i was also a liaison for our legal department for some things so i while i may not be a lawyer i know how to read yeah <laughs> and on the actual irs form itself i can screenshot it if anybody needs to see it it says you have to file this form even if you file your taxes separate from your tax so you file your taxes and this form at the same time pretty much that just says again hey this is legal money i worked overseas I'm not trying to do any laundering or any illegal activities. Yeah. And they can go on the IRS site if they need to look that up as well. So I have, those are the main things that I, I speak to people here about. And this is, I've done a seminar on this for, I guess this is the third year I've done a seminar on it. Just because, again, I got into financial advising because I like helping people. Yeah. Um, my previous job, before we moved here, i dealt with over a billion dollars of retirement assets with annuities and IRAs, and I used to help people with their overall portfolio, uh, mostly around retirement, but you know, it was the thing of helping people manage their assets versus their debt. So I want people to go home the proper way with as little debt as possible, but as much money as possible. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to make sure you close out everything as fast as you can and in the proper way. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. So getting back to, I mean, the Middle East is is well known for the fact that the lifestyle is extravagant and lavish (laughs) and fabulous. I mean, as I say it, I just think to myself, what am I going to do next week for Eid? I've got so many options. So many people leave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I, I look at my circle of friends and I think I'm the one of maybe one or two that are staying in the country, whereas everyone's shooting off. Some going to Lebanon, some going home to South Africa, some going to Spain, France. Zealand. Like, New Ze- they, like they're, <laughs> they're jetting off everywhere. What do you think people coming in should be wary of financially? Coming into coming into a country that is upfront, it is it's rich, it's Very rich. It, it's it, it's easy to do anything. And it's like we inexpensive. yeah, and it is inexpensive. But also, like we mentioned at the beginning, it's really easy to get yourself into debt.
1: Well, most people don't come over with a plan. If you have issues saving money back home, wherever you're from, you're gonna have issues more money more problems <laughs> yeah so uh, what I used to do with people is actually create a budget and I would tell them to create two things in their budget savings and a travel budget put money in their savings account that they don't look at actually I recommend opening a separate bank account whether here or back home send money to that savings account don't look at it. Mm. just completely ignore and then create a travel budget every month every paycheck you get put money in that travel budget because as long as you have money in your travel account, you're not dipping into your savings account. And that tends to be what happened. Like, we got notified, okay, you have the entire week off
0: next week. Yeah. <laughs> so. What a wonderful text, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> so, with that said, people are. I tried to plan a potluck with uh, a few of my coworkers. I'm a part-time contractor for accounting and some other things. And half of them were like, oh, well, we're going here, we're going there, we're going there, which is understandable. Yeah. So have money in your plans, but in your budget to travel. Yeah. So that that's the main thing. And then sign up for uh, a lot of the travel sites. Become members of some of these airlines, whether it's just become members uh, where you can get points. Yeah. So you can use point, their one, points.
0: One of the things that I really have found fascinating in, in people that I meet here is they always I don't want to use the word complain that they don't get any kickbacks, but the the UAE is so full of reward programs. Yes, and credit card rewards. Yeah, it it (laughs) is. It is overwhelming. Like everywhere you go, do you have a membership card? Do you have a loyalty card? Can we scan your card? Do do you have your number? I mean, even at the grocery store, I'm getting points for everything I buy. So it can be overwhelming and it can be um, frustrating having to through a hundred different cards to try and find your loyalty points, but it is invaluable to sign up for those. It is. Um, I mean, just on my credit card rewards, I mean, I'm getting say six, seven hundred dirhams back every month, yeah, based on what I'm spending. Air miles. In in my first three years, yeah, I was lucky enough to rack up air miles with a certain airline of a country nearby, and I was able to take business class flights for for free. Exactly. Because I'd racked up all those miles, so. It is something that people just keep it in mind. Sign up for the card, Sign up get it, for the card. read the, read the brochure for the card. Yeah. See what they say. The terms and conditions for yeah. flights are because
1: some of them, every dollar you spend or every derm you spend is a derm towards flight, yeah. flight miles. So look at those rewards because that yeah. could save you a lot of money. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Um, another thing is consider renting versus buying a car. Think about how long you plan on being here. If you're going to be here for the long haul it may make sense to purchase a car and then sell it when you're leaving so you can get a little bit of money when you leave yeah if you're only going to be here for a little while then you may just like a year or two then you may just want to to rent a car yeah because you actually have to think about the opportunity cost if I'm paying uh, 1,500 for a rental 3,000 if I purchase well that 1,500 Durhams each month That could be your flight allowance to to travel somewhere. So, those are things that you have to take into consideration. Sometimes people say, Oh, well, I've always wanted a BMW, so (laughs) I don't care. I can afford it now, I'm gonna buy that BMW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you you
0: see them all around the street. (laughs) I mean, a BMW is actually here, it's actually. Like your you Toyota Yaris yeah, back yeah. home or your Prius yeah whereas yeah so it, it, I understand that I mean when when I first got to the UAE I looked at all these cars that I could buy and the banks offer you these unbelievable deals so many you got to think to yourself I, I could have walked away with a luxury SUV for the same price that I got my mid-range little sports utility right, um, right it's not even an SUV I think it's a crossover but it is it's it's the case of oh well I couldn't really afford that when I was back home but now seems so cheap let me take it right. take a dip at it right. which at the end of the day is where I think a lot of people get into trouble it, it, is, it yeah. is so that is something to. coming back to your, your <laughs> savings and your your travel account that you mentioned my dad always gave me such great advice like financial planning and budgeting and things like that And he always used to say you work so hard during the month and your company pays you a salary sometimes you deserve to pay yourself Pay yourself first, first. so pay yourself first mm-hmm. and take care of your retirement second or uh, well, retirement slash savings, and um, and then take care of everything else, and make sure you you're protecting yourself for the day that you do yeah. sort of get a letter that says, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Right. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people fear living here, um, in the understanding that we are all contract workers, basically. Yes. Our position here is not yes. it's not forever, so you do need to have some form of contingency plan in place. Should that is correct. Should something happen,
1: most um, when you I was series six and 63 licensed and um, most licensing you take it, exams they say have three months salary say uh, a lot of the books that you read uh, that are published by authors will say six months I tend to say six because you never know what will happen three months may be fine if you're in your home country but as an expat you not only need that three months but you need that cushion because you don't know when you'll find another job, another yeah. income, yeah. unless you are a business owner. That's actually the reason I opened two of my own businesses yeah. <laughs> back home. Unless you have are a business owner and already have that residual income coming in, you not only have to have that saved up for that three months, but you need a cushion when you move home because you may not find a job right away, if you're an educator, it's the summertime, that first paycheck even if you get a job today you might not get that first paycheck until August September yeah if you're Um, lucky if you're lucky you know so just have that cushion because I've known people that didn't find a job they left in June they didn't find a job till December so I know some they left in June they already had a job lined up when they got home but they still didn't get paid till August of September so Yeah. So yeah, pay yourself first.
0: Yeah, getting back to you mentioned uh, two companies. Can you share some details on, on what you're doing?
1: Well, my first company is my nonprofit, it's the uh, Bob Carter Foundation for Financial Literacy. Uh, our goal is to help empower the youth financially to the point where they can actually build legacy wealth for their children. Growing up, I know for myself, in, and I had some clients from South Africa and other places. They don't teach you how about finances or the budget the yeah I
0: I, I, I I still can't believe that we've got to learn things like algebra and geometry but you're not you're not teaching me and, I, and i'm saying this as a teacher <laughs> you're not teaching me how to complete a tax return how to apply for a home loan how to purchase your first vehicle exactly what do you do if you find yourself in debt uh, it, it student loan debt student even simple student (laughs) even something as simple as student loan debt which we all have to get into in order to make it exactly oh yeah i don't like saying you don't i mean you don't need to study in order to make it but like we we do get ourselves into student loan debt but no one teaches us how much do i have to pay back when do i have to pay it back how do i complete the forms Um, right i've had clients
1: that have had forty thousand dollars in student loan debt two hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt and everyone, doesn't matter where you're from, everyone has the same similar story. You go to college, your first week there is a college student, there's somebody there with a credit card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just sign here. But I don't have a job. It's that okay. doesn't matter. Just sign here. Yeah. You know, and what? You, even if you get a refund refund from your student on that, the first thing most kids do is to go, go shopping. Because you know, nobody's taught them how to budget, nobody's taught them how to plan, nobody's taught them how to invest. Yeah. So it's aimed at teaching them. One, entrepreneurship, um, career development, how to go into a career, interviewing skills. It's a number of different things, but even student loans, how to look for scholarships that are available. Just the difference between the different types of student loans, some you pay interest in while you're in college, some you pay only pay interest once you graduate. Yeah, yeah. So um, that is, and, and then we have two main goals. We want to give a scholarship to someone uh going to into business or finance minority scholarship to someone going into business or finance uh, and the other scholarship is for a single mother wh- uh regardless of where she wants to go um just because i have known you know, a lot of single moms yeah it's hard for them to get back into the swing of things yeah. so those are our goals uh to help the day
0: and that's then, uh, that's fantastic. I mean, I think it comes back to like you said at the beginning. Your whole reason why you got into finance is because you love helping people, and that's that's unbelievable. That's I've got goosebumps. That's <laughs> I like that <laughs> idea. That's really really cool.
1: Well, and then the funny thing. I know it sounds cliche, all just for helping people, but I had an amazing closing rate when I was financial advisor. Uh, a lot of people didn't realize that, and the reason why is because if I'm helping someone they're gonna be more inclined to give me referrals, yeah to tell their friends about me, to introduce me to people. Yeah. Because I help them, they're gonna tell their friends. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm sure you can ask your dad about that. He's probably he would probably say the best referrals were the ones that
0: I did the right thing for yeah. the yeah. I mean he's taught me he's taught me so much and he continues to teach me so much and I've learned from him, you get back what you put in. Yeah, so if you're gonna treat people the right way if you're going to go to the ends of the earth for someone, be it in business be it personally at a sports game wherever you education. find uh, education <laughs> even at the restaurant I mean mm-hmm. if you're going and like something that really and fr- no, I'm not getting slightly off topic but something that really frustrates me is people go into a restaurant and talk down to a waiter right. simply because right. they're a waiter and you're an educated something it's like if you're not giving if you're not giving you're not going to get. Right, so yeah, um, you the way you treat people is the exactly the same way they'll treat you back, exactly. So, what you say is by taking care of people, people will take care of you when you need it,
1: yeah, pay it forward, yeah, it back. And then, uh, the
0: other job is
1: uh, my other company is R. r.carter associates, r.carter, Carter third. <laughs> <laughs> There's three of you, <laughs> <laughs> three. One, four, my son is a four. Oh, there we go, um, LLC, and we uh. I'm an accounting contractor, financial analyst. Uh, the focus is helping small businesses uh, because they don't have a lot of the resources that some Fortune 500 companies have. I've, got, I've been in corporate America for, like I said, over 15 years. Actually outside of banking, even more than that. So, Just helping them, financial forecasting, doing budgets, accounting, uh, helping people actually set up their business if they want to do entrepreneurship just the things that you want to do, advertising. A lot of people, they may have a gift, but they don't know how to sell their gift. Yeah. So just educating them on different ways to sell it. Um, and, um, you know, presentation training, sales training as well, because used to do presentations, used to get paid to do them, used to get training, all types of training to do it. A lot of people don't know how to do that. And then what I've been getting a lot of business for is doing CVs and resumes, <laughs> Yeah, because uh,
0: in a in a job market, uh, speaking specifically now about the Middle East, in a job market that's wide open, wide there are open. thousands of jobs. Yes. Um, you really have to make sure that you're at the top of the pile. You do. You yeah. do.
1: And you know, I didn't even. I'll be honest. I didn't even know what a CV was before I came here. Then I had my CV done. I learned about them, and now I've created my own format for them. It's um, been successful. So. Doing CVs and resumes just to help people, like you say, stand out because there's thousands of app jobs but there's thousands of applicants that are looking for a new opportunity. So that's one of the things I help with as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Where do you see yourself in five years? In five years I will have my own uh, agency, my own insurance agency. Okay. Um,
0: Based here in the Middle
1: East or? No. This will, this will be back in the States. Okay. I have my own insurance agency. Um, I want to be my own agent. Uh, just a number of things, doing you know insurance, investments, finance, and then that, and I also want to. Uh, I will be a professor as well. well Fantastic. I, yes. Well, my life, my lifetime goal is to sell my agency or <laughs> pass it on to my son.
0: Yeah. And oh, my dad would love you. Yeah. <laughs> love the fact that you've said that because I know he has begged me for the last ten years to take over his practice, and um, well, it's it's. Uh, Sorry to say, pops, but it's not gonna happen. I'm not sure I'm cut out for this uh, financial world. You'd be surprised.
1: If you were an edu- some of the best people in my former job, one of the best people was a former educator. He was number, he was number one in sales several, several months. Yeah. Each
0: year, top three in sales. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'd love to hear that. i I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that I wouldn't fail at it. But it's not something that I think I want to get out of bed every morning to do, and I know that it hurts can't be him. And I know it hurts him because um, he has a very, very successful practice back home in South Africa. Okay. And um, it's but it's not like residual like income. But it's not gonna. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. I'm still. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm too childish. Yeah. I like to be around kids and teach. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, some people say, well, you're teaching big kids how to handle their money. Yeah. But, but yeah. that's understandable.
0: <laughs> that is <laughs> a very interesting way of looking at things, and I think you might have given him some extra ammunition <laughs> to try and convince me. But, well, I was
1: uh, uh, educated before, uh, briefly, uh, back in the States. but um, So I definitely understand kids. It's infectious
0: being around like kids. Yeah, yeah they, it really is. They
1: look at the world a different way.
0: Yeah, yeah <laughs> they do. So, um, do you think there's anything i should have asked you that i haven't yet in terms of people getting ready to leave people maybe potentially thinking of coming in is there anything that you think we haven't covered people need to be aware of
1: um really for people coming in again have a plan
0: yeah because
1: this is an extravagant lifestyle It'd be, it could be and that's
0: extravagant with a capital E yes yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. it could be very fast paced
0: and very addictive it's and very I, speak, addictive. I speak for myself um, very since I've been here and I've only been here for four years I've done 13 countries and I've, I've just it it's almost like oh where do I want to go next Boof, off I right. go um, right. and the last thing I start thinking about is oh, have I put my savings away this month oh but my savings and I could be going to Thailand Uh, let's go Thailand (laughs) so yeah I think it is it's very important for people to come in with a goal I know that um, when I came in I had a very different goal of I wanted to in my first two years and I pushed it to three I just wanted to travel
1: which is good yeah so I
0: came in and I traveled I did um, I've now done 15 countries and that's nothing compared to people I know. But for me, for a South African, it's um, quite a lot. And for, I'm I'm, I'm 30, I'm gonna be 31 soon. Um, I'm blessed for the fact that I know my dad has been to the UAE and he's in his mid fifties. My mom's been to the UAE, sorry, my dad's been to America as well. Um, So South Africans don't travel because it's so expensive so when I came out here I had that goal of just just go go wherever you can Um, so I think yeah have a goal when you come in here have a goal
1: and if that goal is to travel just plan
0: travel just plan it out budget it yeah put that money away in your travel account and off it goes yeah yeah. so that's that's the main thing because
1: and you know look at other opportunities the the interesting thing is being at home you can be closed minded to a lot of things in the world being over here really opened up a lot of opportunities i was I'm on Netf- I was in the movie on Netflix. Uh, you can only see my leg.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> were still on Netflix. Still on it. <laughs>
1: got, got paid $1,600, sixteen hundred, two thousand. I can't remember. It's a war machine with Brad Pitt. Oh wow! I yeah. think
0: people need to check it out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, just, I, I thought I was right in the shot,
0: but this guy was blocking me. I was like, oh no, My yeah, one, one shot at, la- at one uh, shot. fame and fortune. Yeah, and you, know, right you cut my calf out. Yeah. My mom was waiting for that moment. <laughs>
1: it's like, oh, you can see my leg. It's, Run the scene where they're at a school. You can see my right leg. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> there I am. You know, but opportunities like that happen. So many people. Yeah. Uh, another thing is for people coming in, look at exploiting your gifts. Yeah. So many people have become entrepreneurs. Yeah. I know people. People that have opened, t- created T-shirt businesses, travel businesses. Uh, they have become graphic designers. Uh, I know someone. They have become have done productions yeah. uh, with acting and stage plays. Yeah. Um, there's so many opportunities here. Uh, granted, you know, have to get permission to get a second job, but if you have a gift that you want, is people that have published books yeah.
0: um, that are be- with famous people. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I th- I, th- that's great advice, because th- there is so much time. I don't know, I, I worked really hard when I was in South Africa, and I worked really hard here but mm-hmm. i've found that there is so much time mm-hmm. for you to get involved in almost anything that you want to so you're right find that skill find that passion find that hobby that you want to take to the next level mm-hmm. and and do it because i mean with that age-old cliche the world is an oyster, oyster like we're in the middle of the world here in the middle east and you can shoot off anywhere you want you can go and if you, you if you if you really settle down and focus your energy into a couple of things that you're really interested in or you love you can make yourself really successful okay um, I mean I look at some of the people who came over here when I started my contract and like you mentioned one gentleman's written a book one started a company I'll have
1: three books by the end of the year yeah. Two children's books and yeah, yeah so, so. It's,
0: it's it's possible it's I mean <laughs> I came over here and I, I completed my masters right and I mean South Africa not very many South Africans certainly in education don't pursue a masters because it's just out of our reach um, but when i came here i had the time i completed i've loved it uh, i'm thinking of doing a doctorate but i haven't convinced myself yet I think. <laughs> i've got to pass by the fiance wife to be soon to see if i can do that <laughs> so that is a time-consuming. it is a time consuming thing but i think it's um it's worth it i mean you gotta use your time instead of sitting and watching Netflix trying to see your cough come by. Right. It might be better to spend it somewhat more academically. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so if we want to find out more information, get in touch with you, where do we find you?
1: Um, for my nonprofit is B Carter. That's B C A R T E R at bobcarterfoundation.com. Uh, for my LLC, if you need help, which are small business, is again B Carter, B C A R T E R at Carter and
0: Associates. dot Before signing off, I, I always like to do a bit of a like a word association, just to get like a personal feeling or touch. So I'm going to give you a word, and if you shoot the first thing that comes to your mind, and we see where it goes. Okay. Passion. <laughs> Three words. Family and money. <laughs> nice.
1: Goals. Uh, open agency. Truth. Have to speak it. The lies will come <laughs> out eventually. Regrets. Not getting my master's yet.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Love. Family. So, Rob, uh, talking to you today has been really insightful. I've loved it. Um, And I hope that people out there listening can take some of the advice, use it constructively and sort of move forward. Um, A little trademark that I like to end off my podcast with is a small segment that I like to call courtesy being absolutely ridiculous. And I think along the finance line, if you could stop paying one bill but keep the service for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs>
1: <laughs> or internet, I guess they're all bundled together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're, we are a global society and you have to, have, you have, to be, have data and internet in order to stay connected. And if I could pay for that
0: and not pay for that and keep it, that'd be a great thing. Yeah, yeah, it certainly would. I think I would have chosen taxes. Changed
1: it. <laughs> you have to pay your taxes. Yeah,
0: the advice that you've given today is invaluable, I think, for a lot of people choosing to leave the country now. Thank you. Um, and certainly those coming in. So, yeah, good luck and um, thanks so much for talking to me. Thanks. The music for Teachable, the podcast is supplied by Matthew Gardner, a young South African artist. His latest track, Far Away, is the one you hear in all our episodes. Find him on Facebook and Instagram at matt.s.gardner. And until next time, be normal, be ordinary, but share the extraordinary. I'm so looking forward to speaking to more normal, ordinary people with extraordinary stories. So, if you have stories to tell or know of someone, please reach out. Find me on Facebook and Instagram at teachable or email me at TeachableThePodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I'd love to chat to you. Thank you to those of you who have supported me on patreon.com. For those willing to part with a few extra bucks, please head over to patreon.com forward slash teachablepodcast. I'd really appreciate it.